Hey, what's happening? It is the Armchair Sports Guys here with you on our Wednesday show. Joining me here today is Matt O'Brien, Rich Mays, Sean Fryhadian. I'm G.J. Mitchell. Michael Chance could not make it with us today. Uh, we are discussing today on our topics. Pat's first Jets. Horrible win, by the way. Uh, Bill Belichick. And his most defining moment of what he said on EEI, I want to get the, these guys' thoughts on it because I think it's actually pretty freaking funny. Uh, we talk about the Masters, the Fall Edition, as well as RIP to the legend, the heart and soul of the Celtics, uh, Tommy Heinsohn. Uh, we might get into a little few other things in and around the notes of sports as well as our fantasy shootout. But let's start out Wednesday how we always do. Boys, how you doing? Good, how's good, going, good. bro? It is going uh, fantastic. Shall we get into it? Uh, let's talk some Pat's Jets, right? Sure. If you want. Well, that sucked. Uh, <laughs> I'll just start out and say right flat out, that game sucked. And I know they won. And I you know, understand that uh, you know, it was against the Jets. But if you could get a, like, uh, uh, an emotional letdown from a win, that's it. Because that sucked. That just, that was awful. That was the worst win I think I've ever seen in my life. Really? Mm, I think we beat the Browns once like nine to six during the uh, Brady era, didn't we? Nope. Fact, not no. opinion. That was the worst win I've ever seen in my life. You literally. You, well, I that's just wanna, according to you. So again, well, I mean, it's according, an opinion. According to me, it's fact, not opinion. That's all we spew on here. Hot, smoking hot lava like sports takes with facts. Um, but I'll tell you right now, the reason why it was the worst win is you literally had to go down to the wire and on you needed a 51 yard field goal by Nick freaking folklore to beat the zero win Jets. I want to repeat this again slowly for the people in the back. You needed to go to basically almost overtime against a hapless shitty team that any effing FBS college team could come in and kick the shit out of in the New York Jets. So, again, that was a horrible win. Horrible. So I want to see how you guys feel about it because I thought it sucked. I wanted to throw up every moment of it. Yeah, and Matt, see this how you, uh, you were kind <laughs> of uh, – <clears throat> I was definitely wrong on all my bets. I can <laughs> tell you that. Well, I, mean, I told everybody to take the under and I yep. said, I'll take those points. The spread. Yeah. Halfway yep. through the game. I'm like, all right, we're all, we're not looking bad, <laughs> but the jets are winning. So that just throws everything out. And then when they came back with dirt to make it 10 points, I'm like, ah, shit. I just lost money. So. Maybe just don't ask my predictions week in and week out. I'm like oh for ten. Sure, sure. We won't ask all your juju's going into fantasy football, you bastard. That's <laughs> yeah. true. That's yeah, true. this this pricks one and everything. Um, mm -hmm. but uh, so regardless of the spread, regardless mm -hmm. of that whole thing, how did you at least feel about that? Um, uh, about that that win, Matt. I mean, like, like we invo we avoided uh, a complete embarrassment. I mean, I, I I told you that if they lose to the Jets, that's it. I'm going to have a hard time watching the rest of this team. But you know what? They won. They won by the skin of their teeth. Thank God to Nick Falk. Congratulations. If you were to t tell me that Nick Falk week nine is going to be the special teams player of the week in the 2020-2021 season, I would have told you to go fuck yourself. Um, but a win's a win. And I, I, I'm – you know, whew, we avoided a embarrassment, a win's a win. I mean, we can get into the stats and the numbers later, but we had, I think, over like uh, right here, 433 total yards. We had 30 first downs. Uh, we didn't – defense was terrible, but, I mean, again, beggars can't be choosers. We're not – we are no longer the old New England Patriots for the last 20 years. So you, I'll take sure, it. Are you and sure I will about move that? On. Are you sure about that? Yeah. Uh, number 12 now plays for a different team. Uh, we're missing eight uh, key players. Uh, our captain of the defense decided to opt it out. Uh, two captains decided to opt out. Um, yeah, we're not the same team. But oh, no. Yeah, you're damn we right. Scrap. We're not. <laughs> we scrap. Scrap. You got. Yeah. 
We scrapped. We clawed and fought for that win. Bad Let's enough be honest, you... because it was the Jets. <laughs> we, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you, George. I'm, but it's a win's a win. And that's Shut it. Up. I'm taking too much time. That's it. I think Shut you're up. being too hard on the jet on the Patriots, man. It, don't forget who is running that ship over there. Fucking Joe Flacco. That dude has a hard on for the Patriots mm. all the time. I was telling. I think I was making a big stink about it on our text thread that Joe fucking Flacco was playing. And I was like, here we go. And it got a little silly. Yeah, well, for some reason, when I saw that too, I was was like, I I would much rather have freaking what's-his-nuts in there because Flacco, we just don't have a good record against for some reason. And the Jets are just going to throw shit against the wall until uh, something sticks. So... I, well, I don't know. I'm going to take the win, boys. I don't understand. Like you, you, you would you would rather lose that game? No, a win is a win. Win's a win. It's just it doesn't inspire a lot of confidence in this team. They just they don't look like they know. I think they know what they're trying to do, but I don't think they can exactly do it. I don't think they have the skills to do it, or the the playing time together to do it. You know, especially for Cam Newton, who just still seems to not know what the hell's going on back there. He's so much better when he runs. When he makes that decision and he makes it quickly, he's great. But he just sometimes it looks like he just stands there too long and can't figure out what's going to go on. And then, I mean, he's completed some passes. And the one to Jacoby Myers, I think it was a long one, was a pretty incredible catch. But... He had a fantastic game. Yeah, he did. I'm not but really just still sold on ins- him. Yeah, Newton isn't just doesn't seem solid back there. He seems very iffy, and it's hard to tell how he's going to do week to week. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, Sean, we'll get to your thoughts on this. Well, I guess the one main takeaway that I see as a positive from that game is they didn't give up, and they came back and they won the game. Yeah, it was a it was a ugly, ugly win, and they didn't do a lot of things right. But the fact that they haven't, as a team, mentally checked out, gives me hope. I mean, I know that they don't have, probably don't have enough talent to make the playoffs or make a deep run in the playoffs. But they're not giving up. It's still they still have eight more weeks to go. I mean, anything can happen, and I, I just think the fact that they came back at one shows me that they do care and they're, they are putting in the effort. So a couple more things click and then maybe they get hot, you know, I don't know. That's the only positive I can take out of it. Cause I mean, for half three, three quarters of that game, I assume they were going to lose. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, not, I, not much to talk about really, but I, I, I just, I mean, the fact that they fought back in one day, that made me feel a little better about this team because I mean, at least they have some heart. And they seem to keep doing that. They don't, give up like even in the Broncos game I thought that they had him if, if Newton didn't throw a shitty pass uh you, with the exception of the 49ers game even the Bills game we were gonna score on that last drive granted fumble okay lost fuck get over it but still to Sean's point we don't give up we squeaked it out against the Jets Newton was 27 for 35 that's not that bad he's not and he didn't throw any picks. There was no turnovers. They had one. They had a, uh, a pick, but that deep, that deep interception. Yeah. It's kind of sad when Jacoby Myers, <laughs> great, unbelievable game for him. 169 yards passing. I think he got a TD. But if no, I there asked, was no some, passing TDs. There was no TDs for him. No, no he was, was uh, Burkhead um, and two from Newton rushing. That's right. Uh, that's kind of sad when Jacoby Myers is your your number well, one. Well, I mean, they don't really have anybody else. That's the that's thing. what I mean. Nikhil Harry, Nikhil yeah, Harry I mean, is out. Doing, Edelman, yeah, they're doing they're doing the best they can with what they have, which I mean, is not a lot. So the fact that they're even able to score thirty points in a game, yeah, I know it's against the Jets, but it's encouraging at least. Yeah, and you know what? Um, I heard I forget which player I heard an interview do the other day, but he said he goes, "We know as a team that." If you look at the Seattle, the Denver, and uh, even the Kansas City game and Buffalo, they're one or two, three, maybe three plays away from winning those games, you know? So, I mean, it sounds like they they are still strong mentally and they're still together as a team. Like, they're, they want to get this done. So, I think 
if they just keep putting in the work, they might, they might have a chance. And at least, at least they're willing to, that's the thing that, that sticks out to me the most is that they, they, they want to be better. So that's good. So you no, think I, that they're doing the best they can with what they have? Cause right, I agree with yeah, his I think statement. That, that's pretty much the, the, the circumstances right now is they, they have to do, it's like that the next man up mentality and that's what they're mm-hmm. doing. So, and that's what they've been good at for years. So hopefully, I mean, maybe they can steer the ship in the right direction. Well, I, I, I'll be honest with you. Um, I thought there was some good things. Um, obviously, Burkhead, I thought his running was good. I love Damian Harrison's uh, runs as well. Hmm. Um, I Again, you mentioned Jacoby Myers. I thought uh, he was really good in this game. Uh, I liked his route running. I liked the fact that he can sit in and um, and like notice when it's either man or zone to know if he's going to sprint by the guy or, you know, sit in that pocket, that sweet spot, you know, for the ball. I mean, that, that, uh, that catch that he had that Newton almost threw away and into the dirt, but that Mm -hmm. catch that he had, he came back for that and he fell into that zone. So, you know, he was able to find that and that was instrumental in setting it up, but excuse me, but let me just say this thing right now. It wasn't because the Patriots won. The Jets lost that game. The Jets had plenty of opportunity to win that game. Flacco did not need to throw that ball. He had three guys underneath wide open that would have gotten the first down and more. They they gave that game away. They gave it away. That the 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 twelve men on the field. The twelve men on the field. Are you effing kidding me? Are you kidding me? I, I just like, like they, literally. I, so for you guys to say, "Oh, a win's a win." Well, yeah, okay, it is. But if you feel happy about that win, aside from a few small little things, then I, I got I, I got news for you. It's gonna be a long ass season. Yeah, and you're not gonna, much to be happy about, really. Yeah. I mean, well, there is the one thing to be happy about. What? What's that? Uh, in the fourth quarter, they did exactly what they should have done against a team like the Jets. They scored three times, put up 13 points, and didn't allow any in the fourth quarter. And then, I mean, the offensive line, I mean, I know Newton was running around, but he never got sacked. There's no sack. There's no no turnovers. Uh, Nope. Yeah, they played a clean game for the most part. I mean, the defense was suspect, but they – defense was terrible. Stupid penalties and and mistakes and turnovers, they didn't have any of those. So that's at least a good sign. I I mean – yeah, but the defense. The and defense I've, been, I've been preaching that, you know, the defense is kind of their stronger suit, right? Out of the three, you know? Yeah. That's what we all, and, we were all made oh, to think. Oh, my but. God. It's, they gave up yards per play, it was 7.3, seven yards per play. They, uh, passing yards, they gave Flacco had 263 passing yards, pa- 10 yards or more per pass. I mean, it, that's not, you know, the New England defense that that we're used to seeing out there and i'm shocked that we put up 30 points again i get it's the jets and if we lost that game well it's gonna be you know what it's gonna go from it's gonna be a short season for me because i ain't gonna i'm gonna fucking watch the team i'm not gonna we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna be that that team that gets gives the jets their win Yes, we barely squeaked it out. Yes, it's going to be a long season. I think we already knew that, George, when we lost four games in a row. I mean, if you thought it was going to be a great season, you know, coming into uh, Monday night's game and you still had hope or whatever, it's going to be a long season regardless. Like I said, it's a different New England Patriots team, boys. I I knew right from the bat, as soon as they had Cam Newton, we were going to suck with a capital S. S suck. What was the league games? <laughs> well, <laughs> they were barely over the line. Let me tell you. Um, JC Jackson. What the hell? Now I know he fell down on one, but mm. yikes. I mean, I don't, I'm still not sure if this Gilmore injury, wink, wink, wink is an actual injury, but Jeez, does that look bad for J.C. Jackson if you're trying to get him some playing time and convince anybody else that, hey, we don't need Gilmore or, you know, we're thinking about getting rid of him, you know, 
maybe whatever, give us an offer. I'm, so I'm, I, yeah, I, I'm sick I mean, of that too, man. So he, that looks Just, awful. And ugh. and our tight ends, like we had, we had a, a defensive end line up. Now, granted, he played tight end in college, you know, but still, we had a defensive end line up as our tight end. We just put uh, uh, what's it, Asi Asi, and um, oh, who is the other guy, Dalton Keene on IR. Mm-hmm. So I gotta ask, what the hell is Bill Belichick doing with this team? How can he be now? Maybe, and again, maybe I already know the answer, and maybe the answer is the guy that 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 sexy some bitch down in Tampa, Tom Brady. Maybe that was the answer to my question, but is it really? Bill Belichick, the greatest coach or and he's just sucks as a GM because he's putting he's trying to literally make like chicken a la king with like pig shit. He doesn't even have chicken shit. He's not even in the same ballpark. He's making it with pig shit and he's trying to put it out there and say, hey, it's chicken a la king. It's I mean, like, what are we doing? Like, this is the, I, 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 I just he's always like that, though. But this is the problem. Old, I you're agree. finding you're finding out more and more that it's Brady and not Belichick because of the fact that Brady's because Belichick right now without Brady is like a lost ship at sea. Can't, can't find his way home. Doesn't know where the lighthouse is. Can't figure out shore. Just kind of floating around, hoping to God something comes around that he can see and write himself straight. But even then. Who knows what coast he's going to land on? He's going to land in the East Coast up here in Boston. He's going to land down in Florida. Going to land in Cuba. Could he land in Brazil? Could hell he get travel all the way? Could he land over in Africa somewhere? Could he hit, uh, you know, France and Portugal? I mean, he doesn't know right now. And he's okay, hoping Belichick that he lands or Christopher there. Columbus? Yes. <laughs> Belichick is what I'm saying. I, I, I agree. I, I agree with you. It's getting old. Like the, like the Jesse, the, the JC Jackson. I mean, the, you know, he's trying to put these guys that he's pulling off off the street and putting them in some big time games. I mean, I, the kids impressed me so far, but I really up and I really didn't know too much about him. Now, if he was a first, second round pick, then I'm saying he's overrated. But since he was, he wasn't even, he wasn't even drafted. Was right? Uh, no, JC Jackson was. Was he? Yeah. Um, well, good. Look, whatever. But he can't step up into that number one role. And this whole Gilmore thing of resting him or whatever, he's he's injured. Okay, fine. But then back to your argument about Belichick, like, yes, okay, Tom Brady has the edge right now, even though he looked horrible uh, this past Sunday. Uh, What if you did this? Take Belichick, put him as the head coach for the Buccaneers, take Brady out of the equation and put Brady back at the QB position with the Pats. Are the Patriots, do the Patriots do better? And, and, uh, um, with all the weapons that they got down in Tampa now, I mean, with all <laughs> that, look at the weapons that the Pats have. Yeah. <laughs> We're still looking. <laughs> Let me know when you find them. Oh, they're not there. <laughs> Let me know when you find them. Uh, no, you're right. He did go undrafted. I apologize. I thought he was drafted in like the sixth round. Okay. I, I, that was pure yep. speculation because I thought I heard it the other day when I was listening yep. to the guy. Yeah, it was, but... uh, he was signed a three-year deal uh, in, on uh, May 11th of 2018. Gotcha. So. Um, yeah, but that's the thing. You know, I mean, if you swapped out Brady – and Belichick, you know, does Brady does Brady turn this thing around? I, I don't think so. Well, see, that's well, I would agree with that because that's also, a huge challenge. Well, he didn't turn it around because he checked out. I mean, that's the thing is if he if Brady right. was checked in, if you had if you had plugged in Brady, you know, first in, last out, working extra with the rookies, working with Jacoby Myers, working with Nikhil Harry, working with Gunnar Olszewski, working with uh, the tight ends, Asi Asi. Well, you know, again, if they're healthy and whatnot. Then yeah, you got a you've got a good team with Josh McDaniels as your head coach. You're going eleven and five. You'll 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 win a couple of games that maybe you shouldn't have. Maybe you lose to Seattle. Uh, still, maybe you lose to um, uh, Kansas City. Still, maybe you drop as usual one of two from Miami, but you beat Buffalo easily. You beat uh, the Jets easily. 
and you win the division by right around now. Basically, like, what is it, like week 8, 9, 10 is usually mm-hmm. when it's like, ah, oh, shit, ho-hum, I can get a T-shirt and hat again, you know, because it's like it's 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 in the bag. So, yeah, I think with that, that's the case. But, you know, we, we shall see. I mean, again, it's still, a, what, halfway through the season-ish. Um, I mean, but we're not out of it. We're, we're, we're hanging in there. As well, far as the division goes, we're not t- completely out of it. We we can still we need to. I mean, we need to win f- pretty much th- the rest of the way. This ain't yeah. reality TV. Like, fuck. It is the ultimate reality TV. Actually, <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> um, Euronic, we have that last comment stricken from the record. Thank you very little. <laughs> um, well, speaking of Bill Belichick and 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 his. Uh, you know what? As much as I give him before he get on to that part of Belichick, I'll give him at least this. As terrible as a GM as I think he has been recently, he's been and and should be named if they continue to do well and they actually start winning games and they do make it to the playoffs and they do make it into, you know, maybe the, the divisional race. Mm. He can be considered for coach of the year. Like I said, if you're trying to make chicken a la king and you're starting with pork, but you can make chicken a la king with it. Yeah, it's a pretty good job. You know what I mean? So I'll give him, I'll give him that. Now I'm talking about, I really want chicken a la king. I haven't had chicken a la king in like forever. Now I really want chicken a la king. But nonetheless, I digress. I want to get to some real good meaty stuff. Um, that you do. Yes, yeah. I do. So meat. this is, uh, <laughs> this was heard um, on uh um, OMF on WEEI, which is Ordway, Maloney, and Fourier, uh, their afternoon show. Um, Belichick does uh, his weekly, you know, press conference and whatnot. Um, and <clears throat> they asked him, you know, what was his like most defining moment, right? And you would figure now, if I if if I ask you guys, I'm going to go around the room, Matt. You're mm. Belichick. What's your most defining moment as a coach? Like, I mean, I th- I can think of six reasons for it. I mean, he won <laughs> yeah, six okay. Super Bowls, <laughs> right? Uh, but in he... the first in the first four years, and he's won, and he's been to the Super Bowl. What last five out of the six? Four out of the six? Yep. Um, I mean, so I didn't hear that, uh, but I wanted to comment on this topic. It. You know, George, you could be right. It could be this season. Okay. He could go. He could win, roll into the wild card, and make a run and go to the Super Bowl. And if he wins, that probably could be his top. Right. So, but but if you had to pick one right now, you're probably picking maybe the Rams because you held a hot offense uh, to you know really no points. Uh, you could be the Rams the first time when you That's win. That's what in I mean. Yeah, I would go the Rams, the Rams the, the first go time because Atlanta? that was. You know, Atlanta down 28-3. You know what I mean? Wow. Uh, Seattle, the call, right? So you got a few of those in there. Sean, you got any ones that I've missed in there? Yeah, probably yeah. the day uh, Drew Bledsoe got knocked out of the game. Yep, bringing in Brady and, and, and yep. And or sticking even, with him after that. Or even or even you could say um, um, his coaching job against Pittsburgh when you had to go into Pittsburgh with Bledsoe. With Bledsoe, Because Brady yeah. wasn't there. Again, all great. All great things. I mean, gee, there's a laundry list of things. <clears throat> Not so fast, my friend, as Lee Corso would say. So they asked him uh, and said that ESPN that night was going to uh, show a clip of him resigning of head coach of the Jets in 2000. Now, if you don't know, quick summary, he Parcells named him the Jets head coach. And I think within, what, 24, 48 hours, he wrote on a cocktail napkin, one of them little small napkins you get at weddings that are the most useless thing in the world, but they have the husband and wife's name on them or whatever. And you're like, well, shit, I kind of want to keep this, but I've got, you know, mozzarella sticks all over my face, so I got to clean my face off. Yeah, one of those type things, Fred. I resign as the HC of the NYJ. This is infamous. He says, and I quote, now this is about him resigning as the Jets. Quote, well, not not only the most defining, but you know, one of the great moments of my career. (laughs) 
that combined with Robert and Kraft giving me the opportunity to come here, I couldn't have asked for anything more. That wasn't a good situation for me, and I didn't want to be part of it, so I wasn't. The other half of that was Robert giving me the opportunity to come here and trading. He gave up quite a bit to get me here, and that was a big trade. I am very thankful that it worked out. I appreciate all the support from Robert, the Kraft family, the Patriots organization, all the New England fans, and I'll keep trying to do my best for this team and this organization, give them the very best that I can, and I'm very thankful for the opportunity to come here. I just wasn't going to stay in that situation, unquote. <laughs> He's never talked more in his life than this year. I mean, every press conference. I mean, that's a balls move. I didn't know that story about the, the cocktail napkin. Imagine giving that to a, a, a professional organization yeah. here. He literally did that. He resigned. You don't have it down on paper. No, I, I got it on a cocktail napkin. He didn't even put a head coach or a New York. He said, I resign as the HC of the NYJ. Signed, Bill Belichick. You, we just went to, let me, let's assume, let's, let's suspend reality for a second. Let's assume you won in 2007. You had the perfect season, 19-0. and 0. Belichick still would have had this above that because of the fact that he hates the fucking Jets so much. And I can't stop laughing about that organization was so dysfunctional, such a shit show that he resigned and calls it. And again, I want to read this again. And I quote, not only one of the most defining, but you know, one of the greatest moments of my career. Bro, you got to hug your dad and get Gatorade tossed on you after winning one of the greatest Super Bowls ever. Ever. In 2001. And this is the most defining and greatest moment. Oh, my God. If you're New York, how pissed off are you right now? Oh, doesn't matter. I, I heard Good this chance. and I could not stop laughing. Oh, I love it. I, well, I to him it is because if he didn't do that and he stayed with the Jets, like who the hell? People wouldn't know who the fuck Bill Belichick was. So that t- to him that was the best career move that he ever made. Think about that. He was, you know, he was under Parcells for so long. Yeah, yeah. He was you under know? process of the Giants. And here. he wanted to get out of there. He, he, he knew he wanted to be a head coach. He went to the Browns, did well year one, sucked year two. Beat did they they did beat the Patriots in, in the playoffs that year, correct? Correct. Yep. His first year. Yep. And he becomes the head coach of the Jets, which then they denounced it. Then it was just a whole and you're right, dysfunctional. And he just oh, goes, yeah. You know what? Screw this. I'm out. Bob Kraft gave me a call. I'm going to to be the head coach for the New England Patriots, and I th- and he hates them so much because I think they screwed him over. Parcells was going to take the you know the operations job, and you know Belichick was going to be the head coach. So I don't I don't blame him, and he's and he's right because it just timing was so perfect for Bill Belichick, for Robert Kraft, and Tom Brady. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, the Tom Brady Right thing, place, yeah. right time, man. Tom Brady was, I don't want to say lucky per se, but, you know. It, you, you, fortunate. You, yeah, fortunate. Very That's fortunate, yeah. But Brady in that uh, – in training camp, they said that Brady looked better than Bledsoe that year in training camp leading up to the season. Obviously, you're going to start your franchise quarterback in Drew Bledsoe, but they said Brady looked better than, than Bledsoe. I mean – and the balls that Belichick had to not put Bledsoe back in at starting quarterback when he was all healthy. Some, I mean, I don't know if you guys ever saw that 60 minutes, um, not 60 minutes, but it was whatever it was outside the lines with Shap and Drew Bledsoe. He can barely, yes. he sometimes he, he, he didn't, he, he didn't say, I don't, I don't even want that ring. He goes, I didn't deserve it. I didn't deserve it. I almost don't, I don't even Look at he that. He did like deserve that's it. That's the thing is, you know what he did. And he's and hard I, on himself, though. He's a, he, he's a hard he's hard headed and he's very hard on himself. And he knows that he should have been. Yeah, I think he thinks that he should have been like Tom Brady with six Super Bowls. 
Well, nothing wrong with that. I, I wrong with no, that I, attitude. I but. love the attitude, but let's just be serious. I love you, Drew, but you know, pat pat pass doesn't work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, right. You know. Um, hey, don't forget, he yes, came in in the AFC title game. Yeah. Brady had to go out with a bad ankle, and he threw that touchdown pass to Givens. Was Givens? Givens uh, yeah, it was Patton. Givens. Patton. It was David Patton. Patton. Yeah. Patton on the fade. Yeah, on the fade. The yeah, in the end zone Patton. in the corner. Yep. yep. Yeah. That was sick. He 100% earned that ring because if that didn't happen, they didn't score on that play. We probably wouldn't have won that game. No, oh, yeah. Thousand percent. That was, I think, the first. That was the first Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just yeah. going by that interview and how he was like, yeah, that's embarrassed weird. and and you know just the balls on Belichick to do that and then he Brady goes down like yeah you're right he de- he deserved it. even if he didn't make that play I still think that guy deserves it because Tom Brady's going to need a mentor throughout the entire season and that's exactly what Drew Bledsoe was try to compete for his job lost his job to a rookie it happens and yep. you know he's mentoring Brady that entire season yeah I mean that was strictly just all defense but Tom Tom found a way to win and then Bledsoe comes in and throws that beautiful fade. Oh, that was that was a thing of beauty. And I remember all the chatter on the on the radio about, oh, who do you start now? Do you go back to Brady? You go to Bledsoe. Yeah. Bledsoe, you know, I like, remember that. Jeez. Oh, like, <clears throat> I mean, again, you got a guy, you know, go, you know, dance with a girl you brought. And that at the time was Brady. You know, mm-hmm. I know Bledsoe filled in, but it was Brady's team at that point. So, uh, Sean, your thoughts. You've been pretty quiet on this. Your thoughts on. Belichick's comments on uh, the NYJs. No, I think uh, he's probably right. Like Matt said, I mean, if he didn't do that, his career probably goes in a far different direction. Obviously, he probably doesn't get, uh, I mean, obviously doesn't get six Super Bowls. Uh, we probably never get, you probably never find out who Tom Brady was. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of, lot of dominoes that fall after that fact, after he resigned as that coach of the Jets. I mean, so many things that happened after that probably would have and most likely would have never happened if he didn't, if that didn't happen. So for him to say that, I mean, it is kind of a jab at the Jets organization if you want to take it that way. But I mean, it's pretty, pretty well known that he hates the Jets anyway. Um, so, I mean, it's funny in that respect, but at the same, I mean, he's right. That that definitely is the, the point where his career changed. I mean, I don't, I guess you, yeah, you can look at individual games and individual accomplishments and stuff like that, but, if he doesn't make that choice, then probably none of them ever happened. So I guess he's probably right. I agree. I agree with him. Rich, you've got a puzzled look on your face. Nope, not at all. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you just had this but inquisitive thanks, look. asshole. I'm just, I'm just trying to be very casual in my in my frame and not look like I'm moving around as much as I am right now. <laughs> That's all right. No worries. Um, so, yeah, I, like I said, I, I thought those comments by um, by Belichick were just were absolutely hilarious to you, first of all. If that's the greatest accomplishment and one of your greatest memories is coaching uh, uh, for football is to not coach, <laughs> that is that is so Belichick it hurts, actually, saying it like that. Well, was it defining moment or biggest accomplishment? Because there – if it's a defining moment, I mean, yeah, I well, thought no, it was so defining moment. So not biggest it's moment. both. It's both. This is what he said. Uh, again, quote, well, not only was it the most defining, but you know, one of the greatest moments of my career, end quote. I mean, <laughs> I mean, okay. I agree. I agree with the first that is part. A move. I do agree with the first part. It was the most defining. Cause again, if he didn't make that decision to quit, and then Belichick then h- called him and hired him, you know, a couple days later um, or that had figured out prior to. But if that didn't happen, then, yeah, we don't have our we don't have six Super Bowls as a as a as a, an organization, as a franchise and as a fan base. Um, he's probably still either with the Jets or he's bounced around and out of coaching or he's the best, def- you know, defensive coordinator yeah. ever. You know what I mean? He's like Bum Phillips, whatever. Great defensive coordinator sucked as a head coach. Mm. Um, you know, so you got things like that. And then, um, so I, I think it was a defining, but greatest moment of the career. Ooh. Ooh, well, <laughs> when a defining moment comes along, you can either let the moment define you or you define the moment. Roy McAvoy and tin cup. 
Mm. It's a direct line from the movie. You know what, George? Why don't you go fucking see it, all right, pal? I have seen it. <laughs> I have seen it. And uh, I didn't realize we had fucking Socrates on the uh, on the docket today. Um, <clears throat> speaking of Tin Cup, great segue, though, well, Matt. Golf. I mean, that's a that's a professional segue, ladies and gentlemen. That's how you do it. We're well, going to be talking until you just fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we are talking masters, the fall edition. Um, first of all, I got to ask, how do you guys feel about watching the masters in November? It's fine with me. I'll take it because it's the masters, right? Because it's the, yeah, oh, yeah. you know, it's a man. I don't, corner, think, it's I don't all, think I it's, know like the tradition is. You play whenever, like, the, what is it? Usually in April or something. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, I yeah, yeah. That's different, but it's still the Masters. It's still the same course. It's still the same guys going out there. So I don't, I don't see a problem with it. I like it. I don't care either way. I mean, I'm still gonna watch it. True. true. Still a great. Still one of the greatest four days in sports. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. It's gonna be. It's gonna be awesome. Quick random thing, as you just mentioned that better four day in sports, Masters. Or the start of call it, or or start of uh, March Madness. March Madness. Depending on. I think I'm gonna go with the Masters because, well, actually, I don't know. That's tough. But I mean, okay. the games in the I, in terms of importance, I guess the games don't really mean anything to you. Get deeper into the tournament, but yeah, until after that. If first you fill out a bracket or something, and you want to get all your upsets and all that going, then I mean, I guess I I don't know. That's tough. Yeah. Yeah. That is hard. <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta go. March Madness on that, just because. As much as I love watching the Masters, but there have been times that literally Tiger Woods has won wire to wire, and there was nobody else winning. Now it was nice to watch him win by 14, 15, 16, 25 strokes, whatever it was. Yeah, but there I mean, was no uncertainty. Yeah, yeah I but know Saturday and Sunday is boring as hell. Saturday and right, Sunday, March right. Madness can be banana land. You know what I mean? Right, that's true. So, um, but it is fall. It is the Masters. Um, obviously, you know we're you know big fans. We're gonna be. Watching some of it, uh, some of the 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 big uh, the big names out there, uh, Bryson Bryson DeChambeau. Now he was the one who was hitting like nine hundred yard bombs, right? Yeah, yeah, he bulked up. Yeah, like yeah, he was the one. Yeah, he weighs like fifty pounds of cheeseburgers on him, but he's like moosed up. I, I'll be honest with you, are these guys? And I'm not saying guys getting too big. Are the other is the technology catching way up to the courses? Like, I mean, you can only lengthen a course so much. You know what I mean? Like, you, you, I mean, guys are hitting three woods off the tee box for like 360. Like, what do we do? What? 360 well, he's, he's three kind of the exception. He, he yeah, sucks but, 160 oh, yards no. in. So oh, he yeah. can drive the ball a mile. But he, once you get in that 160, 170 in, that's where he falls off. He's the happy Gilmore. Come. See if yeah, you can yeah, whacker, whacker, whacker guy. guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he is t- he is a favorite, not the favorite to win. Actually, he is the favorite. He's yeah, eight he's to one. Eight, 10, right? yeah, yeah, eight to one. Dustin Johnson is nine to one. John Rahm, the guy who hit that crazy ass trick shot uh, yep, with skipping it across hilarious. the water. Which, by the way, if you can do that, right? And it's not like these guys can't do that. I'm sure they with it, with the skill sets they have, they should be able to pull that type of shot off. Almost all the time, not necessarily the end result of the hole in one. But why the hell don't I, you I do that? Do that. Why that? Yeah, that was awesome. So if that, you didn't skimming fall, it four times or three times off yeah. the water, I don't know another golfer that is going to play this weekend that can do that. I, well, I, three I, times. Okay. Well, so if you didn't see it, um, what he did was he he took a uh, was a wedge. I think it was a wedge. Uh, no, yeah, it was it was an iron, but it was yeah. an iron. But he took an iron, and he um he skipped the ball from the tee box across the water. So like you like he's skipping a rock, right? So it ping 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 off the the water gets onto the green, rolls up towards the backside, and then because the backside's t- um um tapered down or angled whatever, it kind of rolled and then came right back down the hill and into the cup for a hole in one. So we like skip the rock for a hole in one is basically what it boils down to. My question is, is why not use that? Why not? If you've got that shot in your bag, like you always say, like, that's not, that, that's not a shot you have in your bag. Yeah. So you mean to tell that's me, not, so you mean to tell me that this was also that, a practice. Run. You mean it, I mean, it wasn't. Okay. But hold on a second. That's when you try that stuff. Well, okay. For but, fun. All right, then. But hold on. You've probably tried that a few times then. That probably wasn't his first rodeo to know. No. 
What what yeah, I don't know. You'll you'll not you will not see that on purpose in in the Masters tournament this weekend. Okay, I I want to reiterate why not. So you mean to tell me that, that, that hold ball, on hold on if that ball that skipped three times hits the berm and goes down instead of up, he's shooting three off the tee. Nobody's gonna do that. That that's okay. it's just not feasible because so many things could go wrong if you don't hit. These guys can miss the green, miss the fairway, like. They should be able to hit it straight down the middle every time, shouldn't they? They're professional golfers. That is not – that's even making a hard shot harder. And uh-huh. and uncertain – there's so many variables that can go wrong in just that getting it across the water, let alone where it ends up on the green. That's a long green. If he barely gets it off the off the, uh, the fringe onto the green and stops, then he's got a 70-foot putt. I mean, it's it just makes more sense to go right at the, t- right at the, the hole from – I mean – Nobody, you won't see that again this weekend. I promise you that. I'm just saying, if you got that shot, why not use it? If 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 Mickelson can go reverse right-handed, upside down wedge for a shot out of the 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 spinach, and make it, you know, onto the green, I don't see why you shouldn't be able to do that, John Rom. I'm just saying that's my opinion. Um, but rounding out your leaderboard, so uh, Deshambo's eight to one, Dustin Johnson nine to one, John Rom is eleven to one. Then you've got sprinkled in there Justin Thomas at twelve to one, Rory McIlroy and uh, Xander Schofley at fourteen to one, Brooks Kepka sixteen to one. Mm. That pretty much rounds out your um, your major okay. contenders. Your favorites. Um, yeah. yeah, Bubba Watson's in there twenty eight to one, Patrick Reed as well twenty eight to one, uh, Jason Day's thirty three to one, your Tiger Woods uh, thirty five to one with Justin Spieth at forty. And where is my guy? Ricky Fowler is 66 to one. Sergio Garcia was 60 to one, but he's had to pull out because of Corona. Speaking of that, no fans. Yep. No No fans fans at the masters. No, I don't understand that. I don't understand that. You can have 20% or 25% at Raymond James stadium down in Tampa Bay, 16, 17,000 people. In a stadium, granted it's outdoors, but you have how many miles of track down in Augusta? You can't have fans if you're going to socially distance. First off, golf is number is the the best sport you can play during a, a pandemic because you're not touching anybody, okay? And and B, you just tell the fans to stay ten feet apart. You can't have fans there. Yeah, either golf That's or ridiculous. tennis is perfect. Yeah, That's golf ridiculous. or tennis because you're not talking, you're not doing anything. You're yeah. Exactly. So it just, you can't have, I don't understand that. Why can you have fans? And it's in Georgia. I mean, you know, it's not up here in, in, in the Northeast in Massachusetts where, you know, we're all in lockdown. It's in Georgia. Where they should be in lockdown. Where they should be in lockdown. <laughs> well, right now there's a hurricane coming in. So I think that'll have a factor in too. But why no that fans? Why no fans at the Masters? It's golf. Yeah. You can you can distance that it's I don't a different know crowd than a football game, than a hockey game, than any other sport. It's it, practically the gentleman's sport. So you have a lot of people that pay a lot of money that go and they respect the game. They're quiet when they need to be quiet. They get loud when they need to get loud. Other than that, it's not like, you know, you're not going to see anybody painting their face, you know, uh, or whatever, painting you know a, a tiger suit on them. You might, but I it's doubt. A, yeah, you know it's not I mean? like the you waste management. Happy Gilmore it. in this in the fucking masters. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's not the waste management open in uh, in Phoenix. Hey. Right, right, right. That I can understand. Hey, but why no fans? True. Go ahead, Rich. Yes, sir. Rich. Oh, sorry. I no, no, yeah, I was muted. I thought I was muted. Yeah, yeah. I'll say. Go ahead. What do you got? My apology. No, nothing. I didn't mean to interrupt. I thought I was muted. I was. Talking to one of my children. Aha. Uh-huh. All right. Um, yeah. I, I, so let's handicap this field. Um, who do you like and, uh, and, and why? And um, let's see. I'm going to start with, uh, with Matt. Who do you like and why? And then I'm going to go to Rich and then to Sean. Well, uh, putting money on it. Um, I'm going to go with just because he had a, he's had a, a, a hot year. He had a hot start, JT, Justin Thomas. But as a favorite, I wouldn't mind. And maybe people, this guy goes either way with people. But as a fan favorite, uh, Rory McIlroy. He's been in so so many big matches. 
you know, leading, you know, when he's in the, in the Ryder cup, I mean, he's always in the top, loves the pressure. You know, I hate to use this term or this word, he deserves it, but he does. And I just, I've always liked the kid, you know, he, he has lived up to his name. Uh, but if I'm putting money on it, um, again, I'm not really good with, with picks here, folks. So, uh, JT, he's had a hot start to the year and I think he's going to have a hot finish. I don't think that the lawn drive ball whacker guy is going to, is going to hang up because his game is going to, his short game sucks, you know, but no. JT and uh, JT, but I'd be happy to see, uh, McElroy. All right. Rich yourself. Uh, well, not being a student of the game as you two gentlemen seem to be, many of these names are unfamiliar to me, but in reading the different blurbs about each of them on a couple of different sites, uh, I don't know. I think that the Shambo dude might have a chance. I think they say that he's break, fighting to break that idea that under 160, he's no good. But as if he keeps driving the ball, I mean, he's got more of an opportunity to get it closer faster than other guys wouldn't you say he's definitely he is the favorite right now yeah for sure and he's well he, that he, rom guy he also is is pretty popular pick mm-hmm. one thing i did read for sure is that no one thinks tiger has any chance to defend no. it <laughs> yeah no 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 he's at, at the bottom of the barrel pretty much <clears throat> uh sean your thoughts oh, yeah well the one thing I do want to see, I want to see Tiger at least in the hunt on Sunday. That makes any tournament more exciting. But um, I'd like to see Dustin Johnson get it. I mean, he came in second, t- well, tied for second last year. And uh, I like Ricky Fowler, too. He's always been one of my favorites. So, I mean, I don't – he had a, a second-place finish in 2018. But, uh, I mean, if I had to guess, I, I guess I'd put my money on Dustin Johnson. But – I would like to see Ricky win. I think I like, that'd be cool. I like Fowler too. I like, um, I like Ricky Fowler too. I like, yeah. Though I mean, those are just two guys that I like. I mean, I I know that there's a few other guys with better odds and all that, but um, I mean, I just want to, I just want to see a good. I want to see like some drama going into the weekend, like guys real close, and then Sunday. I I mean, as close as it can be. I, I that that makes it more exciting, and then obviously add the Tiger factor, and hopefully Tiger's somewhere like three, four, five shots out going into Saturday, maybe like six, seven shots going into Sunday. So there's at least a chance you can have that kind of going for you too. Yeah. Um, especially if you can like, I mean, especially if you can ping a couple of them in the first couple holes, get a shot at two back. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime <laughs> Tiger's in the running, it makes it more exciting. Absolutely. This is what I, happened at the Masters last year. I mean, that was yeah. awesome. No, it absolutely was. Um, I got to go for Ricky, my guy. I, I know you say, uh, Matt, that um, that uh, Roy or McElroy's do. My God, can Ricky yeah. Fowler please win Making a the same, fucking yeah. tournament? Like, and because yeah, Rory's because Rory's run the British, right? Mm-hmm. Rory's won a couple, um, and the, like the maybe won the PGA. Ones, yeah. So, I, damn it, man! I just I want I want my guy Ricky to just. I, I need him to win. I need and I need him to win this one. I need him to win this one. I think it would legitimize him within the ranks of his peers because he's around the same guys as you know the the Dustin Johnsons, uh, the, the Justin Thomas, the the um, Jordan, Jordan Spieth. Spieth. Yeah, yep. he he's around those type of guys that it's like you know you know he just wants one. He just needs one to put himself on that same level as those guys. I will tell you though, <clears throat> the guy I don't want. I don't want Jordan Spieth. I know that I'm sure, and I'm sure he's a hell of a guy. I'm sure he's a great dude. I've actually heard uh, he's an asshole, but I, well, no, I mean, I, I was going to say, I, well, fair. I, I don't know, but <laughs> I will say I, I, I'm hurt. I, I, I'm, I'd like to think he's a hell of a guy. I think he's a, just an absolute drip to watch as a golfer. I just, he, it's like, literally it's like, he's a robot. And I'm like, I, I want, I want something. Like, at least Tiger was pal, you know, fist pumping and yeah, like you know, or pointing and watching the ball go in. Like I need that. I don't need a guy, like, Bing. Oh, it's three fifty down the middle of the fairway. Walk, bum, 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 bum. Like, come on, show it some excitement, bro. It is going to be different without that crowd roar, though. I almost kind of hope they pump some kind of noise in on the TV just to make it sound like there's somebody there. Oh, but... imagine. 
There's nothing better than <laughs> nothing better than a long. Imagine um, you if they actually put fake noise, fake just for fake the TV. Claps. You can't do it on the course. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. Just for the TV. Everybody TV. collectively. Some guy drains a twenty foot putt. I want to hear some some the crowd roaring. Yeah, that's that's a good <laughs> don't point. Don't show me. Don't show me just just a, a bare a bare landscape with nobody around. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's going to be weird, but I mean, it still it still holds a lot of. Uh, it's still the Masters. I mean, sucks. There's not going to be people there, but. Well, so there's two. So still, two things still I have. Big boy, the big two, boy tournament. It is very much so. So two things I have, and I'm going to go around the room and we'll finish up with our Masters talking uh, on this. Thing number one, and I'm going to start with you, Sean, and go Sean, Rich, and Matt. How cool is it going to be to watch the Masters with nobody and see the actual landscape of the course? Like they better have some drone shit coming in and like, I want like some really like in the nooks and crannies that you don't get because the people are there. That course is going to be spectacular. I think the cameraman will have a field day with being able Uh, to go wherever, wherever they want. I mean, I don't know what the restrictions will be and how terms or how close they can get to the players and stuff, but with nobody standing in the way, I mean, you'll be able to see everything. You'll be able to see where the ball go, where the ball, you know what might suck for the players though, is if they go go right or left and there's not a group of people standing around the ball it might take them a little while to find it well and also might uh, take a little while to get out of that because you got to figure if the ball lands where the people are that's a lot of you know stomped on grass and and whatnot right. that's going to pad that down making an easier landing spot for the ball so yeah it's going to come all, into play all natural as well. this weekend absolutely rich are you looking forward to that as well seeing the luscious landscape of augusta national actually now that you bring it up i am I, I know that I've mentioned before how happy I was that there were no fans at hockey games um, just because of the different angles they give you. And I think that's a great idea is to give us a different view of the course, especially because these courses are so ridiculously designed and, you know, landscaped. I mean, they're, they're almost like works of art on their own. So, yeah, I think being able to see all, like you guys say, the nooks and crannies of the course will be, will be a, great added dimension to uh to the match matt for yourself uh no uh, unless i'm actually physically there at augusta and and i can walk around and see the beautiful landscape and all that stuff and see every goddamn blade of grass and how evenly cut it is uh no i want the crowd there uh, i want it normal because after day one I'm not going to give a shit about the landscape. <laughs> Whoever I bet my money on, I, I need them in the lead. So I'm going to forget about all how beautiful Augusta is. And meanwhile, hurricane, whatever is rolling through that joint in, in like four days. So, uh, no, I'm not going to be watching the landscape on TV. I want to watch a good golf match and I'd like fans there. So, uh, sorry guys. I have to agree, disagree, agree to disagree. Well, sure misfortune. So. Um, and yes. then a real quick one I'm going to go with, and this is going to be very quick. Sunday, what are you watching? NFL or the Masters? Sean, I'll start with you. Sunday. Sorry, my headphones this time. What was the question? Sean, um, NFL or the Masters? What are you watching on Sunday? Uh, Again, like, let's let's assume you can't do two be, things at once. It's going to be a two-screen day, I think. Okay, be, so uh, let's, again, people, if you can't one of the put TVs out to the living room, you get the Masters on one and Red Zone on the other one. All right, perfect. So you can't do that. You can only watch one. What are you watching? Uh, probably the Masters. Masters, rich for you. Football, football or the Masters? Ooh, all right. Football. Masters of football. Masters. And I'm going to go with you. I'm going with Masters on that. Again, and I only the only caveat I'll put with that is if it's close. You know, if it's Tiger Woods, it's winning by like yeah, 900. I mean, then yeah, but I mean, if it's close and there's and there's good competition back and forth, a couple of guys are tied and all that, then yeah, I'm going. Uh, I'm going Masters. Uh, I'll watch the end, yeah, but I'm yeah. not going to watch well, it all day. Run, like yeah. someone's not running away with it. Well, I'll that beautiful Masters, landscape, but... boys. You guys are miss out. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, uh, the landscape might be beautiful, but the sport itself is boring as fuck. <laughs> a bunch of dudes trying to knock a ball into a cup from freaking six football fields away. It sounds like Rich needs a master's nap. <laughs> ah, ah, um, uh-huh. uh, mm, mm. well, mm-hmm. um, how about a fresca? Exactly. Uh, before we do get to our uh, fantasy shootout uh, for this week, 
Um, we do want to touch base on a couple things. First of all, uh, I'm wearing one of the only acceptable jerseys uh, to wear again on today. It is the Pat Tillman, Arizona. Oh, uh, ah, nice. day. Uh, that's the only jersey I uh, will wear badass. today. Uh, yeah, that guy was an was an absolute badass. Um, but uh, I do think we obviously need to talk about um, the passing of uh, the legend, uh, Tommy Heinsohn. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be honest with you, that, uh, and I know like, everybody's like, oh, yeah, things come in threes. And it's like, oh, shit, Sean Connery died. It's like, oh, man, that sucks. You know, like Alex Trebek, like, oh, like, dude, he was a staple of my life for forever. And then it hits home and it's Tommy Heinz. And you're like, oh, like my heart's my heart still hurts right now. And it's it sucks. I mean, that guy. So Agreed. that guy not only was he was involved in every Celtic championship, every whether it's a player, a coach or a broadcaster. Unbelievable. Every single yeah. championship. 60 years, 60 years. That is ridiculous. Ridiculous in this day and age. Um, and I mean, you could talk about Bill Russell being one of the greatest Celtics ever. You could talk about Bird being one of the greatest shooters ever. Paul Pierce is one of the greatest scorers ever. Bob Cousy, basically, you could take and put Cousy's picture on and call it the NBA logo. I mean, that's how good he was. But the heart and soul, the lifeblood of the Boston Celtics was Tommy Heinsohn. And um, I know I sent, uh, sent this out last night or, uh, or yesterday, and I'm going to read this again. I, 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 this is what I tweeted. I said, Tommy Heinsohn was like every Celtics fans, favorite grandfather. The stories he told on the air mesmerized generations. He will be forever missed. And it just, to me, that's the best way to describe him. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. We all loved here. And, you know, I love Walter. Oh, these guys are ridiculous. You know, you got to be kidding me. I mean, all of those were classic. I mean, I as, as classic as was Johnny most, you know, you know, McFilthy and McNasty or he's fiddling, diddling with the ball on the top of the key. You know, like any of those classic lines that you hear. But even through all of that. Tommy Heinsohn was involved in every single one of those. And I just, I want to go around the room. I'm going to start with Matt on this. I'm going to um, give you a thoughts on, uh, on the passing of, uh, of Boston Celtics legend. And I will dare say right now, the greatest Celtic that ever lived. That's what I'm putting him at. The greatest Celtic that ever lived. He, he epitomized what it was to be a Boston Celtic. So I'm going to start with you, Matt. Go ahead on, uh, on yeah, your 100%. thoughts on it. Uh, he's the definition of a company man. I mean, he's, he started out as a player. Then he became a coach. And, you know, then in 1981, him and Mike Gorman, uh, I mean, it's been 39 years uh, since those two took the mics. And, you know, something that really resonated with me is they had Mike Gorman on um, uh, Boston Sports uh, the other day. And Gorman was – you know, I mean, that, that that's like a marriage between the two. But the one that resonated with me is before one of their first broadcasts, Mike's got all of his notes, just like a play by play should should. And I, I know a Tommy as the commentator. I'm I'm not I'm not 70 years old, so I can't go through all the, the players and the coach in the coaching year. So to me, he's the commentator. And I he was entertaining as F for me. But Mike has all these notes. He has every stat, where they went to college, where they're from, all that he has. It, like, and he goes, I put about 10 hours into, into this before our game. And he looks at me and he goes, give me that. Rips it up, throws it over the balcony. This is like three hours before the game. And he goes, you don't need that shit. We're just going to call what we see. And, and Mike goes, so some 10 year old kid probably got my game notes, you know, <laughs> right, right as the game was going on. And that's how we did it for 39 years, almost, you know, almost 40 years. And Tommy was right. He just calls what he sees and he gives his his honest opinion. Nobody's going to go against him uh, because of his experience. Uh, and I just, you know, as a amateur play by play guy myself, I, I you take that lesson learned like don't put so much into the background of players, do your homework, but just call what you see. And that's, that guy made, I mean, 86 years old, he was working up until he was, you know, 86 years old. So, I mean, talk about a guy that just gave everything uh, to the Celtics. Talk about a company man. And I think you're right, George. I mean, he is, you know, 
the perfect Boston Celtic. So I love them. Rest in peace. And it'd be interesting what happens, who they put in there, but love them. Uh, I think it's going to be, um, and I think it's because they kind of groomed them for it. It's going to be Scalabrini. Yeah. Yeah. Scal would be good at it too. Yeah. Oh, Scal's great at it. Scal's really yep. good at it. Um, Rich, your, uh, your thoughts. Um, just like Matt said, and you said, he's the, the walking Celtic. He, he epitomizes everything there is about being a Boston Celtic down to him yelling at referees. I mean, out of all the major sports, that's the only one where that guy sits courtside and, and these refs can hear him yelling at them. Like that was a part that I always loved growing up. Um, listen, Mike Gorman was very, you know, to the point, told you what was going on. And Tommy would go off and tell these crazy stories and, you know, say things. And then they would happen. Like the guy just knew basketball and he bled green and he's should forever be immortalized as like Mr. Celtic. I agree. Sean, I can't believe he never got kicked out of a game. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, I he abused the shit that. out of those guys. <laughs> He hated Dick Pavetta. <laughs> you can hear him. You yeah. can, like you, you can oh, yeah. hear him. He, like Rich said, and I, I was watching the highlights and all this other thing, and I'm like, he's yelling on the microphone. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's yelling. Yeah. He's yelling at the refs and yeah. calling them by name. Yeah. Oh, you knew you knew you were in some shit if you were a referee and you heard your name called. Yeah. You knew you were like, oh, you knew God. you fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? So I let me touch base on that, Sean. I'm going to get you a second. One of the coolest things I did in hearing Tommy's stories is it was never personal. So even though he'd be like, God, Dick Pavetta, you blew that call again. He'd see them underneath in the in the you know in the bowels of uh, of the garden, right? And mm. he'd be he'd be loving, he'd be laughing and smiling, like you know you blew that though, right? And yet they and and he would call him on it, but yet he was so gregarious and and was like the 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 light of any room, right? He was the room, right? Like you know, when some people walk in, they just command them. Everybody just gravitated him, and then he was just that guy. And it was just really cool that even though like he'd bust the balls of the of the refs, and again, maybe it was the way you know if the coach can't get a call, you know, maybe you help him out. But he could do if any. And and again, I I I you know as an amateur play by play guy myself, if any of us ever tried doing any of that crap, <laughs> would yeah, you're out of here, buddy. You're you're not only are you fired from your network, you're probably tossed from a game, and then you're swearing on the microphone as you leave the court is getting you fired from the network. Oh, yeah. But, but Good luck getting another job anywhere else. <laughs> that's the, but that was the beauty of it. He never got tossed. Nothing ever happened. He never got technical that I'm aware of. I just, he was, he was just one of those guys. Uh, Sean, uh, quickly, we'll get to uh, your thoughts as well. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just a big loss. I mean, he was, I mean, such a big part of the the community. Everybody loved him. I mean, just. just a big hit to the organization, not only for like the fact that he was a commentator, but all the insight that he provided the, the team with. I mean, he was a coach, a player. He, he did it all in the league. And he, I mean, he basically built this dynasty with the Celtics to, to where it is. I mean, obviously they haven't won in a while now, but I mean, he was a, one of the building blocks of what this team is today. I mean, it's, it's a big loss for, for the organization. I mean, I know obviously his, his voice will will never go like just like Gil Santos with the Patriots. I mean, that'll always be something yeah, you hear that, and you and you think yep. about you think about Tommy, and you remember all the the wacky things or the funny things that he said, or the when he got pissed off, or all the Tommy points he gave out. I mean, it's just he's a guy that'll he live forever in Boston, and it's it's I mean, it's sad to see him go, but he did so much for this team and the organization. I mean, it's still he'll never he'll never be forgotten. No, that's 100 percent. As you're talking about all the things, the silly things he said, I'm like comparing Greg Steamsma to uh, to Bill Russell or yeah. talking about how uh, Aaron Baines looks like a whole all of Australia. You know, yeah. like hey, just, uh, just it, it's things like that that are that are awesome. Um, but even more importantly, it's um, like you said, it was it's the way that it'll never be forgotten. And and I, I mean, I know we talk about how spoiled we are as sports fans um, in this town. And it's more for the sports teams than the athletes. We cannot 
and, and I know we've said it before, but man, we can't forget we've had we're pretty spoiled on commentators. I mean, you got to figure the two icons. Mm-hmm. With all due respect to Grandy and uh, and and Maxwell and and Mike Gorman and whatnot, but we've had Tommy Heinsohn, Johnny Most, right? I mean, with the with the Bruins, um, Frick Cusick, Derek Sanderson, Sanderson. You've got um, um. Oh my Jerry God! Remy, Sean you know McDonough, Sean McDonough's guy. Let's think of Ned Martin. Yep, uh, Kirk Gowdy, Joe Castiglione, Gil yeah, Santos, Gino Capaletti. I mean, now you know now Zoe in there. I mean, Don you have got Donatello. Yep, you've got. We we are so blessed in this area to have not just great teams, and and again, this twenty year run that that Boston sports has been on, uh, generally speaking, has been phenomenal. But in it has been a lot of great commentators that have been there. And then some that have not, you know, again, like Sean McDonough's off doing other things and stuff or Zillow is with the, uh, the San Diego Padres, but man, we are spoiled like, like that with, with these type of guys. So um, it is kind of cool. It is kind of cool. But like I said, um, you know, uh, rest in peace, uh, Tommy Heinsohn, uh, obviously on behalf of all of us here on the armchair sports guys, we send our, our condolences, our, our heartfelt love and respect and honor to to him and his family and uh, and, and uh, the Celtics organization and, and you know, the fan base. Um, so, but, um, yeah, it's just, I, I, I'm still, it's still crazy. Still absolutely crazy. All right, boys. So a uh, couple last uh, parting shots before we get out of here. Um, anything else we want to uh, touch base on before we uh, bounce? To all those uh, veterans out there, thank you for your service. That's all I want. This oh, is the uh, most American thing I have, yep. besides my uh, United States American flag banana hammock. <laughs> I, figured, I wouldn't. I figured the fans didn't want to see that. I figured you guys didn't want to see that. Ain't nobody want to see that. Ain't nobody <laughs> got time for that. Exactly. So just the vets, thank you for your service and happy Veterans Day. Absolutely. Well, make sure you. St- uh, stay tuned again to our Saturday show. We've actually got a Ravens fan because they actually have fans, unlike the yeah. fucking Jets who don't. So they're going to be joining us on Saturday for a Saturday showdown. Uh, so make sure you are staying close to that and set your reminders. We're on Facebook on the Armchair Sports Guys, uh, Instagram at the Armchair Sports Guys, Twitter at Armchair underscore Guys. We're on TikTok at the Armchair Sports Guys as well. Make sure you tune in and share and follow. If you want to join us on the show, by any means, send us an email. We'll get you on. Uh, We do have phone numbers to join in and uh, jump on topic. So if you follow us on Facebook, you can click on the link there through your phone and get right in. And we'll let you discuss pretty much any topic you would like on the show. Uh, So, again, if you want to email with us, it's the armchair sports guys at gmail.com. So on behalf of the awful shocking awful picks by mike uh for sean farhadian for rich mays for matt o'brien i am gj mitchell sign up and peace good night be good to each other we'll talk to you later we'll see you on saturday and thank you for joining us here on the armchair sports guys bye-bye